Welcome to Backstage with Jeff and Paige, the podcast that takes you backstage with children's musicians and environmental educators Jeff and Paige as they share their passion with you for raising the next generation of environmental stewards. I'm Maeve, your host. You may have seen me at the merch table sporting one of Jeff and Paige's purple surprisable bear t-shirts. Welcome to another episode of Backstage with Jeff and Paige. Um, we're here with Jeff and Paige today, and we're talking about the new exciting chapter of Rainbow Socks. Jeff and Paige have recently earned nonprofit status, and we're here to share with you today about the vision behind that and all that we have to look forward to in the future. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thanks, Maeve. Thank you, Maeve. <laughs> well, yeah, so like, let's just take a couple steps back and... Um, you know, fill us in because we, we've been on such a, a wild ride, right, post-pandemic, kind of coming back into normal life. Um, so, yeah, tell us where this journey has, you know, taken you, taken us as a team, and um, what has brought us here to this place of earning nonprofit status. Excellent question. Um, we have been a children's environmental musical duo um, for about two decades. It's been our full-time work since 2011, and we have tried um, so many different business models as artists, as educators, and it's changed over time as we became parents. Um, and we have come to the point where we've realized that having nonprofit status just opens up a whole new avenue of business solutions, not just for us, but for artists as a whole to um, find creative ways to get compensated for the unpaid parts of our work, the administrative portions, the creation of content like YouTube videos, recording new albums and whatnot. And I'll pause and let Paige fill in. Yeah, I think I want to back up a little bit uh, away from just the nonprofit and because we're here to tell a story of how uh, we arrived at this moment as artists and as educators, and we want this story to inform our audience that loves Jeff and Paige and what they do and loves other educational programs that are offered in their community. But we also want this to be a model for other artists and educators who may be struggling with some of the same issues. And mm -hmm. the really deep, true answer of how we ended up here is that we have been broken, <laughs> We've, I'm going to cry right away in the podcast. <laughs> We've been broken so many times um, trying to live this passionate dream of performing for kids because um, there, there hasn't been uh, enough money. There hasn't been enough support. And so the nonprofit <laughs> came from a place of being broken last spring, 2022, I told Jeff I was going to be done because I was exhausted and um, we felt like we'd reached the cap of what we could ask for pricing-wise from our customers who are primarily other nonprofits, government organizations, and schools. And I thought I was just done and it felt really big and really dramatic and I performed all through the summer of 2022 with just a, a weight of grief um, my heart, because I, I do love very, very much what we do. It's really um, beautiful and incredible. I have been on that journey with you as well. And just <laughs> um, seeing what it is like um, from both the inside and out to be 
um, an educator and an artist and essentially a gig worker or contract worker um, trying to make ends meet and doing something that I love and the I think just the juxtaposition of those two of when we need to make ends meet as a family doing something that we love and how much effort do we put into creating a sustainable business compared to how much effort do we put into creating amazing shows or a new album or new content. Um, and when it skews more towards the business side of things, then it, it feels uncomfortable and it feels weighty. And um, as mentioned, we've tried a lot of different creative solutions. It feels exciting at times, but of all of the ones that we've tried, the nonprofit feels the most true to the type of work that we do. So Jeff and Paige, I've always thought of you as two environmental educators with one mission of bringing science and nature education to thousands of children in the midst of a changing climate. I'm curious for each of you what this work represents and what does it mean to you to be performing for children? Thank you, Maeve. That is such a great question. And it's always hard when we're talking about our journey to remember the the outward focus of, of, of it. And I'd love for you to answer if you'd like to, Jeff, first. I'm thinking back to maybe Jeff um, from about 15 years ago and the knowledge, just the deep knowing that this is what I wanted to do, that this was a perfect synthesis of my silly goofiness, my deep love of the natural world and my um, use of music for um, both education and joy and fun. Um, and so for me, no matter what is happening the day of a concert, when I get there, when I get to put on my rainbow socks, when I get to put on my animal t-shirt that flips up and my silver sequin cowboy hat and just be Jeff with the guitar singing the same songs or some new ones that we've been doing for the last two decades. It is right. It is true. It is me. And it is just my pure mission. And um, the deeper part is sharing my love of the natural world, my wonder and fascination for creatures other than the humans, not just one species, but as part of the connected whole of a greater web of species and beings all being part of one planet and one ecosystem. For me to share that with children, um, whether it's my own two kids, Wolf and Alice, or any of the thousands and thousands of children with whom we've interacted over the past two decades, that is the most important thing to not tell, not talk, but show through my actions, my joy, my music, my costuming, that we are all connected. And for that to be part of every Jeff and Paige show feels like the mission of sharing our connection to the natural world and the systems that sustain our lives um, and that of every other creature on this planet.
So if you follow us on social media <laughs> or watch some of our videos, you might notice that Jeff and I have really different roles that we play <laughs> in this uh, duo. And I'm going to tell a story that is is the piece that Jeff brings. And um, it's from this summer. As I mentioned, I was at a breaking point um, and I wasn't really wasn't sure that it, that I would continue performing after the summer of 2022. Um, and there's this moment. Uh, it was after one of our free open to the public concerts here in Boulder, Colorado, and I was exhausted and I was just not sure I was going to keep going. And I sat down and someone brought over a giant pizza. It was like the hugest pizza with like the slices that are as big as your face. And I actually don't eat gluten. That's so boring, but I don't eat gluten, but I was so hungry that I ate the gluten and it's okay. I'm not actually celiac, but <laughs> I devoured this piece of pizza and it was delicious and I was grateful for that food. And I looked up and there was Jeff and he was holding a piece of pizza, but he wasn't just eating the pizza. He had turned the pizza into a puppet and he, he was <laughs> using the pizza as a puppet to talk to like these 10 adoring children and he was just I don't know I'm a piece of pizza and how, how are you did you have a nice day like whatever he was doing and I just broke down in tears of joy watching this beautiful man who is so gifted and talented at entertaining and connecting with children in this way that I think very few people in this world are and um that's what that's what you do Jeff and you bring you bring this joy and love of the minutia of the natural world and the science to life for children. And it's incredible. And so it's been really, really, really hard because I, I want that to continue no matter what I decide to do. And spoiler alert, I'm not quitting um, <laughs> or anything. Um, you know, and I, the, that's why we're here talking about our nonprofit. We're going to get into how that's solving some of these issues for us, but that is what you do, Jeff. <laughs> and I, it became kind of a refrain for us of just every time these, these big feelings would come up over the past few months, I would just say, but Jeff, you make pizza talk. And that's why you're keeping going <laughs> because you make pizza talk and I don't make pizza talk. I do other stuff, but I don't make pizza talk. So thanks for making pizza talk. <laughs> <laughs> We make pizza talk together. <laughs> sure do. Well, so if we could back up a bit to your uh, business model, you mentioned that you had tried a variety of different approaches to keep this sustainable and to really help this grow so you could have a wider reach and um, bring this to more children. What has worked and what hasn't worked? And could you tell us a bit about how this nonprofit is going to bridge the gap missing in your vision? So the core issue for us as a business, a business that has educational products that are for children, is that the fans are the kids and the customers are the parents or grownups. So if you go to a concert as an adult and you love the concert and the band members up there and they're on stage, they're like, yeah, you're rocking out with us. It's so great. Follow us on social media. Buy our T-shirt. Tell your friends. Those adults, they're your champions. They go out. They do it. They pick out their up their phone right there and then and they, they follow you on Instagram. That's not how it works for us. 
we even don't necessarily want children on social media. <laughs> We're not telling them to follow us on social media. There's this gap between who we are um, selling to and who is consuming our product. Um, and so that's been really, really challenging. Uh, so we have an incredibly huge fan base. We have performed for thousands and thousands and thousands of people over the years. And yet we've never sort of reached this like viral sensation. And that's absolutely okay with us at this point. At some point, that was one of the solutions we tried was like, we have to get tons of people to follow us on social media. We tried a YouTube channel where we had videos that we put out every week. We tried very fancy concert releases. We hired a publicist. We um, did a million different PR campaigns. We have won tons of awards for um, National Parenting Product Awards. We've won um, recognition with the school library journal. We've done all of the PR um, jumps and hoops and skips and everything that you could possibly think of. We've tried. Um, <laughs> we've tried to have a children's television show. Mm. We've tried um, mostly me to make our T-shirts into a viral T-shirt line that would also appeal in sporting arenas, <laughs> um, which I still think is a great idea, still but think it's, it's never taken off. <laughs> if you're interested, um, give us a call. <laughs> I think I think what Paige and I are getting at is that we've tried a lot of different avenues. Well, we also have tried, you know, nationally trying to grow. We've mm -hmm. tried um, the pandemic then forced us to do live streaming, um, way more live streaming than we ever want to do in our lives. Um that we've tried everything, mm -hmm. it feels like, which is which brings us full circle to that breaking point of um, at the same time as we are performing. And what's the number for this year since March? It's about 85 shows since March of 2022. Uh, I so, think that sounds about right. And this is like the, the crux, right? So amidst performing roughly 85 public live performing shows, sometimes in very hot, <laughs> uncomfortable conditions because we did a lot more outdoors than we've ever done before in the last few years, we have to market ourselves. We have to repair our equipment. We have to get new costumes. Oh, the speaker broke. Oh, we need a new microphone. Wow, our soundboard's 10 years old. We also have been trying to record a new album for almost two and a half years mm -hmm. because we haven't had enough funding to actually stop performing to just go and record that. We have free content on YouTube. We have social media channels. We manage all of our merchandise, which does bring in some funds, mm -hmm. but not enough to be self-sustaining. Like we're running out of products right now and we can't re-up because we don't quite have the funds to get there. So I think what is working in answer to your question, Maeve, is um, live performances. That's what we've always done. Um, that's what feels very right to me. And that's what people continue over and over again to show up for um, decades, for two decades now. Um, so live shows are what we can offer, what we love to offer. Um, there's other avenues, but that's what's popular. And then the gap is what we can ask for from the organizations who hire us and what we need to make as artists, educators, and parents um, in, in our hometown here in Boulder. So let's unpack that for a moment because I think a lot of people, you know, come to your live shows and they're maybe not familiar with what they're actually 
walking into or how it works. Um, so how does this work with a live show? How is it organized? Who sponsors it? How is it free to the public? Thank you. That is a perfect question. Uh, so th- our business model has been that we, mo- for the most part, we are hired by other organizations, usually schools, nonprofits, community organizations, or government entities that want the educational programming that we offer to go out to their community. The great part of that is that then those programs are free to the community. The part of that that's been challenging, it feels even like edgy to say this, and I'm just going to have to just keep going, is that we actually, there's just a ceiling that we've reached of being able to charge. Um, Typically, schools, nonprofits, government entities, and community organizations aren't the ones with a huge amount of, of funds. Sometimes they are, but often they aren't. Community sponsored concerts, nonprofits, visions for the future? Find out how it all resolves. We'll be right back. Our program today is here thanks in part to our generous sponsor, Otis Oat Milk. Otis Oat Milk is not just sponsoring the music, entertainment, theater, and videos that you love. They're also sponsoring your experience of getting to see Jeff in rattlesnake pants that are just a little too tight for his body. And helping us provide time to fix Paige's Black Widow costume. Jeff and Paige celebrate sustainable, community-focused organizations and businesses by partnering with them to do great work in our community. Try Otis Oat Milk with a free delivery and reusable glass bottles right to your doorstep. It's fresh, it's creamy, it's delicious, and it's zero waste. That's Otis Oat Milk. OtisLove.com And we're back with Jeff and Paige. Two environmental educators, one mission to raise the next generation of environmental stewards. Jeff, let's turn to you for a moment. So you had mentioned that this entire process of trying to build a sustainable business and um, create a reliable business structure and model um, has been such a challenge and created a lot of tension. I can remember, you know, over the course of working with both of you, a conversation that we had a while back where you know, you spoke a lot about what you were thinking about doing before you became Jeff of Jeff and Page, and how the heart behind all of the work that you've wanted to do in your life is to be of service and to really serve the community. So I wonder sometimes, you know, how that shows up for you and what the discomfort is around being of service. Mm. That is right at the heart of it, Maeve, for me. Um, I feel like when we have to raise our rates um, as a business, as a family, as the confluence of both of those. Um, yes, it veers away from the service, even though I know still the program itself is inspiring children, is giving parents a break in that moment, is creating connections with the community and creating little sparks of joy for the natural world or for life. I know all that programming is there, but when I have to ask for what I need and what our business needs and what our family needs, it feels like the opposite of service. I feel like I'm extracting. Um, That's the word that continues to come back to me. I'm no longer giving of myself. I am taking from something else and it feels vulnerable And it changes the way I show up at those events. Sometimes 
It changes the way I show up in the conversations that I have with those organizations that hire us. And there is a sense of myself that I am not doing the mission anymore, that I am doing the business. Um, and so for me, I think just to turn from that, I think that is when, when we have earned our nonprofit status, which was a lot of time, a lot of research and a lot of paperwork to get to this point, it feels like the right solution where we can seek the funding that has already been allocated from organizations that want to provide grants or find donations from those folks who are going to be giving anyway to the, the organizations that they love and choose to support in their communities. Um, and to me, that feels like the right place to find the bridge um, as opposed to continuing to ask more of the organizations that hire us, um, is to find the organizations and individuals that offer the funding to provide that, that subsidy, that supplement, and that support. And I think there's a beautiful vision here of, you know, all of these resources coming together in a beautiful way, right? We have both the families and the organizations and then the the places where, you know, people go and visit and see you live. And all of this is starting to intersect now um, into what we now know is rainbow socks. So what doors does having a nonprofit open that operating as a for-profit doesn't? One of the things that I'm learning as we have started this nonprofit, Rainbow Socks, is that when you have a nonprofit, you actually don't have a nonprofit. You don't own a nonprofit. A nonprofit exists to serve. So in this beautiful way, it connects back to everything Jeff just shared about how he wants to be of service. In the vein of service, earning nonprofit status allows educators, allows gig workers, allows artists um, to say yes and to find the funding solutions that work for them through funding that is available in the community. So the vast majority of customers that hire educational programming are nonprofits, schools, and government. I kind of talked about that already, and organizations, and they don't have big budgets. So the reality is that either the program's uh, that are being offered are funded by other nonprofits, or um, they're doing them for free, and they have a way that they can do that, or they're doing them at a low cost. What we want to do is we want to create a solution for artists like ourselves and eventually for other artists, educators, and performers to get paid a livable wage to go out and do the programs that they want to do in the community without sacrificing their livelihood. Mm -hmm. Beautifully stated. Um, I'm just going to touch on the discussion we had on our way up to um, a fundraiser that we performed this past weekend and just um, Paige painting this beautiful vision of thinking of other young artists um, like we once were <laughs> on their way to a school district that um, you know had a limited amount of funding and what an amazing gift it would be to subsidize their performances to help pay those travel costs, to help pay a livable wage to, to artists and educators to provide programming that has value 
in, in various communities. Um, and so for us, that's our ultimate vision of what rainbow socks will look like and can look like. As a specific example, we get requests, Jeff and Paige get requests all the time to come to a school or um, do a classroom visit or a small group experience. And we can never, ever say yes to that because we have to charge a great deal more in order to cover our bottom line because we're two people and we can only do a certain amount of performances in a month without just maxing out. And so we can't go perform at a school for one classroom. What the nonprofit does is that it provides funding so that we can say yes, that we can go have small, intimate classroom visits with kids that want to do a songwriting workshop or learn about nature and science through music and theater. What else are ideas that are exciting to you about what this opens up? Well, I'm thinking of the things of, of one thing that we already say yes to when an organization, a different nonprofit will reach out for a donation to their auction. And we say yes, every single time I would say there's 50 to 60 of those per year. Um, and we do that and it's, and it's out of pocket. And I love the idea of paying ourselves back for that wholesale cost of that merchandise so that we can say yes and not feel like, oh, we, yes. And it's mm -hmm. just, yes, it's just, yes. And it's, a service to those nonprofits and it's a service to that community. And then for me, it's checking that box of I am in service. Jeff Page, thank you for sharing so much about your work this far, about this incredible journey uh, coming into this new nonprofit venture. What are some ways that people can get involved and nourish the creative work that you're trying to do for the community? So yes, we have uh, earned nonprofit status. It's awesome. And now we need to fundraise. Uh, we are looking into a number of grants that we'll be applying for. And currently we are running an end of year giving campaign. Our goal is to raise $50,000 by the end of 2022 to support programming expenses. So every single dollar raised through our fundraising drive is going to go straight to programs. That means it's going straight to supporting schools, children, parents, other grown-ups, teachers to receive educational nature and science-based programming. As we are running this end-of-year giving campaign, uh, we are definitely looking into businesses and sponsors and organizations that have grant programs and foundations. But the grassroots fundraising of our audience, I think, is going to be a key part of the way that this business continues. Uh, another avenue that it's opened um, is being eligible for um, employer matches for um, charitable giving at the end of the year. So we have a few organizations, perhaps your organization that you work with is one of them um, who will match any personal donation with um, funding from the employer, which is amazing. We've never had that before. No, it really opens a whole new avenue of funding that can really solve this problem, not just for us, but for other artists as well. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's going to allow us to continue to say yes. And for artists just like us to be able to provide programming in the places that need it and the places where those artists really want to offer their skill sets and talents and passions. 
I think that's a really important piece that we haven't touched on yet, which is that we would love to expand and grow the places that we perform, but also our digital and online content. We have a very limited reach because we never have had the resources to get these amazing educational music videos, for example, that exists online on the Jeff and Page YouTube channel out to bigger audiences. Um, and we know there's a need out there. And when we come back to the reason and the love and the passion behind this work, it, it will, <laughs> I think I'm just realizing having the nonprofit here to support us and other artists, it will free, free Jeff and Page up to be Jeff and Page and to carry a little bit less stress on their shoulders about how to make ends meet so that we can get re-inspired and excited to go out and reach all these new children and grown-ups and parents that need this joy and love of the natural world. Well stated. Hey, la, la, hey, la, la, hey, I'm in love with the mountains. Hey, la, la, hey, la, la, hey, I'm in love with the mountains. I, um, there's one of my favorite quotes. It's on our Rainbow Socks website. And um, a donor and member uh, mentioned to me, she said, we cannot afford to have another generation grow up not connected to science. What we can afford is to support the work that Rainbow Socks is offering to the world. That was really inspiring to me to read that and to recognize that this is not about us. This is not about Jeff and Paige. Uh, I know we've spent a lot of this program talking about our story, but what we want to do is inspire a next generation of children and parents who are connected to the natural world into themselves and will go out and take actions in their lives for years to come that support that vision. Yes, and maybe we'll finish that album too. <laughs> <laughs> Where can your audience go to make a donation to Rainbow Socks? That would be the Rainbow Socks homepage, rainbowsocks.jeffandpage.org. That's rainbowsocks.jeffandpage.org. Again, that's rainbowsocks.jeffandpage.org. Thanks for listening to this episode and for being a part of this work. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a like and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also keep in touch with Jeff and Page on social media at Jeff and Page or through their mailing list at jeffandpage.org. The music and entertainment you receive from Jeff and Page is thanks in part to our members and donors. Tax-deductible donations to Rainbow Socks, a nonprofit entity, help support programming for the entire community. If you want to support Jeff and Page's work through Rainbow Socks and help them reach more children with science and nature education, visit rainbowsocks.jeffandpage.org to make a donation. We'll see you on the trails. And they're looking for a couple more. 21st century energy super. 21st century energy super. 21st century energy superheroes.